Welcome to Why Should I Care, where I, Shashir Pandey, help young people find and follow their dreams, while reminding older folks that they used to dream too. Hello everybody, this is episode 21 of Why Should I Care. This is going to be a solo episode where I am going to help you crush your next interview. I'm really excited to go through some of the concepts that I've learned over time to give a bit of context in my experience, I've seen that like the best way to do a great interview is to flip the script. You have to reverse the interview so that you are interviewing to find out about the position and find out if it's a good fit for you. This means that a lot of times you're going to walk away from interviews and say, okay, I don't really want to work for this company, but that's the benefit. You don't leave feeling crushed that this company didn't didn't hire you. You leave feeling empowered that you still haven't found the position that you want. So how do you actually do that? Well, the first thing I need you to get clear on is that there's no substitute for a good reputation. If you have a reputation of doing poor work in your past positions, or you have no experience whatsoever, you're basically a blank slate, then this is the time where you're going to have to take any job you can in order to change that reputation or build that reputation so that it looks and feels like you are an employee that that is very hireable. And more than that, it's not just looking that way, it's actually doing incredible work and doing things that are like above and beyond. So during your workplace time, you'll have a set number of tasks and and it's great for you to complete those tasks. But what are you doing beyond that? What are you doing to really delight the people that can potentially provide you with references in the future? Those are the sorts of things that build a really, really good reputation that will, should you choose to go on and do a different job or work for a different company, you can leverage those connections of people that you have delighted instead of just satisfied and ask them to to provide you with a reference that, that will make your future employer very, very comfortable knowing that you will do good work. I just want to quickly touch on the structure of a typical interview. So this will help us come up with strategies based on the specific aspects of an interview. So typically what happens is an employer is looking for two things, your capability in the field and your behavioral tendencies. So your social skills, your written and verbal communication, those quote unquote soft skills that people sometimes call soft but are actually very, very important in the workplace. That's what set, sets people apart, and that's what helps them work well in the team. And that's very important to employers. So we'll talk about how you can target your, your technical skills and also how you can target your behavioral skills. Behaviorally, it really comes down to understanding yourself, self-reflection, and insights. For example, I like to think about it in 
terms of edges. So on a certain scale of how people can approach things, where do you sit on the edge? For example, if you get asked the question, are you a detail-oriented person or are you a high-level thinker? People like to think that you can be both, but you can't. Like, really, you can have a high-level thinker that puts themselves into the mindset of detail-oriented work, but that person is predisposed to being better at high-level thinking, and a person who's predisposed to being a detail-oriented thinker is going to be better for that position. So think about those types of edges where you sit all the way to the to the right or the left and that will help you clarify what types of positions are the best for you like we said you want to leave an interview if you don't get selected you want to leave an interview feeling like it wasn't the right position for you not feeling like you didn't do a good job of going through the interview or you didn't do a good job of representing yourself when we talk about all this we want to go and think about those edges and then it's a question of going through a list of potential scales by which you can approach your career development and think about where you sit on those scales across the board so we'll talk a little bit about some examples of those scales the first one we just talked about was was one the detail oriented and the the high level thinking so a few more examples here are you slow and methodical and do you prefer to get things done the right the first time or or do you prefer to be snappy and really get things done from the perspective of getting feedback very quickly so that you can you can iterate and sort of improve that process those two types of people thrive in different environments another thing is do you prefer to work independently or with a team depending on the workplace either one of those two traits could be, be better applicable but you can't really have both do you prefer an open office plan or a cubicle that's a simple question it's not an, it it seems innocuous but it may come in handy in helping your employer evaluate whether you're good for the the team or not vice versa maybe you you also want to take into account does their office have cubicles or is it an open floor plan is that going to work for you because that's what it all comes down to if it works for you then you're a, the right fit for that company or you're the right fit for that position Going through this exercise is going to help you evaluate your strengths and weaknesses. For example, I'm not a particularly detail-oriented person. When somebody asks me if I what my weaknesses are in a an interview, that's the type of thing that I'm going to talk about. I prefer to be a high-level thinker and come up with the different scenarios strategically in a business that will help that business move forward. Am I the best person to do the groundwork? Probably not. Can I do the groundwork? Of course I can. And it's important to 
to recognize that like just because you're weaker at something doesn't mean that you're incapable of doing it. If you take this further, you can sort of take those scales that we talked about, those those opposites, those edges, and determine what kinds of questions an employer may ask with respect to a behavioral question-based interview, and you can develop your own answers. I, I'm actually planning on doing a full workbook of all of the behavioral questions that I've seen over the course of my career, and and I'm going to be giving that out to, for free. So so do look out for that in the next few days. So the reason that I created this behavioral question workbook is because I noticed that most interviewers aren't actually all that good at interviewing. They tend to ask leading questions. Something like, instead of asking about those edges of, are you a detail-oriented person or a high-level thinker, that, that sort of question forces you to choose. But a lot of times what employers will ask is, tell me about a time when you had to think very, very critically and be very detail-oriented. That question has already cued you in that this role is detail-oriented. That's going to make you shift the way that you present your experience in a way that it appeals to them. From an employer's perspective, that's not the best idea just because every single interviewer is going to shift based on that. So it's going to look like all of the candidates are good for the position instead of looking like, well, Sally is really, really great at detail-oriented because she answered the question that forced her to choose in a way that made her seem detail-oriented. Whereas John responded with, uh, with an answer that said that he was a high-level thinker, not a detail-oriented person. So we should go with Sally instead of John. That's the sort of question that should be asked in an interview, but often isn't. So I've found that preparing ahead of time, this might be a theme in this podcast episode, preparing ahead of time, let me say that again, preparing ahead of time, preparing ahead of time will help you have all of the answers to those sorts of leading questions ready so that you don't feel stress to come up with with experiences that you have you've had in the past that relate to that question if you have it all there ahead of time it's just a question of flipping in through that page and yes i do that i absolutely take a binder full of all of those answers into the interview and i literally flip to the page that has the answer that they're looking for and i give them that answer it, it's not a faux pas. There aren't actually any rules. Nobody's going to tell you you can't do that. So please do that. Be prepared. Now that we've talked a little bit about the preparatory activities, before you get into that interview, I want to actually talk about how you behave in an interview. Because that, that's also very important because that's the only context with which the interviewer gets to see you in real life interact with you as a person and they don't get to have that interaction just by looking at your resume or looking at the answers you gave to their 
potential application questions. The first thing that I, I really think is important is body language. When I sit in an interview, a lot of people think that I, I, I look a little bit funny sitting this way, but I've noticed that it does a huge impact for openness to it, of the interview to listen to my ideas and it makes me it makes it easier for me to digest anything that they're saying as well. So I actually sit with my arms on the interview table. If there's no interview table, I will have my arms on my knees with my palms open. My legs are also open. My arms are not crossed. And this is an incredibly open posture to sit in. You also want to keep your back straight so that you look confident. All of these visuals actually key to the interviewer that you are a confident person, that you're open, you're welcoming, and you're willing to work with them to get, to get this interview to completion. Another thing I want to talk about with respect to your conduct within the interview is the way that you dress. And I think that we've done a good job of talking about this as a career development professionals in general, but the rules of, it, of engagement have changed. We've reached a point where a suit and tie isn't the default for what you should wear to an interview. The company culture plays a role within how you need to dress. In my experience, it's best to ask, especially when you're working with startups. When I went for interviews for startups, I found myself a little bit out of place because I was wearing a suit and everyone else was wearing jeans and a t-shirt because that's the typical dress code of a technology startup. That being said, I have also been to startup interviews where the expectation was a suit and tie. In order to feel comfortable in that interaction, you need to be clear with your interviewer what the expectation for what is worn should be, because being overdressed can be just as uncomfortable as being underdressed. So just ask. When it comes to answering questions, the tendency is to deviate from your own nature. For example, because you believe a company would value somebody who's humorous, you may try to be humorous. The problem with that is it has an impact on your confidence because you're trying to be something that you're not. In order to show the employer full confidence, you have to be yourself. If you're funny, be funny. If you're straight to the point, be straight to the point. If you like to go into the nitty gritty details, answer the questions with nitty gritty details. If you like to keep it high level, keep it high level. Just be yourself. Answer the questions in a way that you might answer those questions for a friend. Another crucial thing to do during your interview is to take notes. 
This is going to be extremely important and I'll explain why in a moment. But you want to take notes on what your strongest questions were. Write down each of the questions that are asked and quick notes of what you answered after you were done. All of this will help you in the follow-up process, which is what we'll talk about next. The follow-up process is again split up into those two categories of behavioral and technical. When it comes to behavioral follow-up, what you want to do is you want to look at your strongest answers to those behavioral questions and you want to highlight them. Put them in an email that you send thanking the interviewer for interviewing you and give them those answers again. This will reinforce the positive nature of the parts of the interview that are most satisfactory to you. On top of that, after you're done, what you want to do is you want to take your weakest answers and refer back to them and say, this is what I meant when I said X. If that, if that answer was weak, you can reinforce it in post by letting the employer know that what you said while you were tense and, it, and focused and, and a little bit anxious isn't exactly what you meant. That will let you reinforce the weak parts of your interview. When it comes to the technical side, this is where the documentation process that we went over at the beginning comes in really, really handy. What you're gonna do is you're gonna think about the questions that came up from a technical perspective during the interview and you're going to take your pro previous work that applies most to that those questions and you're going to link back to it in that uh in that uh follow up email now i know this is a lot to remember so i'm actually going to create an email template for all of you who are looking to do follow up emails for your interviews and provide you with a template that can help you create that whole structure of strong answers to behavioral, strengthened weak answers of behavioral, and examples of work related to the technical questions that came up in the interview. You can rest assured knowing that a follow-up like this is going to really push anyone who's interviewing you to look at you as a serious candidate. So those are my tips for crushing your next interview. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Keep a lookout for those two resources that I'm gonna be providing you with. The workbook for behavioral questions and the follow-up email template. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Why Should I Care? You can find us on Instagram at Building Intrigue, Facebook at facebook.com slash building intrigue, or you can email me directly at shashir at buildingintrigue.com.